Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey everybody, David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. In this episode, recorded live at the iScan Technical Training Conference 2022, put on by Autoland ScienTech and the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence, we sit down with Joshua Carton, the Managing Director and Founder at Curian, a company that is building unique products in both the hardware and data intelligence space for the automotive aftermarket. Joshua was able to show off their first offering, the N2 Neuron, the industry's first compact two-channel graphing Bluetooth measurement system. This was a really fun conversation that I'm sure you will absolutely enjoy. And now, here we go. One of the places that we go is ETI, right? Okay, yeah. Tooltech. And and so we're at this event, and I realize how much he's got going on, right? Because he's got multiple feeds. I was telling David earlier, he had like four or five live feeds that had to go out for different streaming options for like manufacturers that couldn't be there, oh, right? Okay. So he had them going directly to them, and then he had people who were presenting. They had virtual booths? Yeah. Well, so well, this it, was 2021. Right. So okay. they had – what it was is they had people who were presenting – in the event from all over the world and they're presenting and he's having to queue them up and we're doing, they're doing like a virtual panel and he's moving from video feed to video. He's managing the switchers and everything. Dude, it's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Okay. I guess we better fix the internet situation, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, David, look up there. The internet passwords right on that window over there. Automotive. Automotive. Oh, look at you guys. I, I might have set up a few tablets or two or 20 <laughs> around here. Um, and so what was your name again? I'm Josh Carton, guys. Josh Carton? C-A-R-T-O-N. Like a Carton. Cool. Yeah. I got David Roman and I'm Lucas. Yeah. Look at you. Nailed it. Trying. Nailed it. Trying. I'm going to turn off the sound on this guy right here. And then I'm going to do this over here. And do that. 
and do that. You guys have got quite the little setup here. Thank you. I like it. It was not fifteen thousand dollars. I can tell you that. <laughs> but it was close to ten, wasn't it? No, 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 no. You didn't go. You didn't go fifteen. I didn't buy one. Thousand, thousand, thousand. thousand. There's three. Well, the cameras are about a grand. And then this is what four. Yeah. So seven, and then maybe that set up. Yeah, but then I bought all the other stuff. Is that one of the black? Well, don't count the stuff that we don't use. Yeah. Well, oh, ITTC. The black magic boxes are nice. I like those. Yeah. yeah. You put it right onto a, uh, an external. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and so that's the ISO, so it records independently. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Now, let me ask you this. How do you guys get the live feed on these without that whole auto shutoff situation? Oh, is it the firmware updates you've done? Well, they've got firmware updates. And then if you're in clean HDMI out with the Mark II, the Mark II doesn't shut off. And so as long as you're in video mode... They won't shut off. Uh-huh. You just got to make sure they're in video mode. That's good. I have the Sony. I don't know how these Canons were. Yeah, the Canons. Are, I liked them. I got a good deal on Amazon. Have <laughs> uh, I got that spelled right? Everything looked good to you before I, I go live? Full Rab, Rabe. Yeah, and that will, isn't that how they tag and, it? I don't know. How did they tag it? Yeah, I didn't get an email. I didn't get Jack. I got told by you to show up. I hate voicemails on Sunday or Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't listen to them. I'm going to try not to, but it's going to bother me. I shouldn't have even looked. I, listen, I don't. I just say, meh. I'm going to see what kind of cluster F happened here. Yes. Hello, this is Cheryl Wilmer. My number is 811. No. That's uh, my car's broken and I need it fixed on Monday. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. No. I always check. The The worst thing, was we closed a ton of work yesterday at my shop. Uh-huh. A ton. And so the, the thing that always freaks you out is Saturday morning, a phone call or a text comes in like, hey, you just fixed my car and now there's no oil in it and it's making a noise. And you're like, oh. so now the weekend's ruined. So now you got to figure out what's going on on Saturday. you got to stop doing what you're doing with the kids and this, that, and the other and dealing with that garbage. And so, if a voicemail comes in on Saturday morning, I try and I just so I don't worry about it. I, I try to listen to it, uh, but for the most part, it's usually okay. There you go. It's rare that there's an issue. How many other customers do you get the "You touched my oil change, but now my brakes are not working"? <laughs> yeah, that, that's normal though. Like you get used to that. It, it's the it's the there's a big enough problem, even if you didn't cause it. You want somebody picks up a car, drops two thousand dollars with it. You want them to leave feeling like you know they got good value, the car's running good, and they get a good experience leaving. The worst thing in the world is, hey, you just fixed my car, and you know there's a problem. Even if it's unrelated, there's a problem with a car. I just paid you two thousand dollars, and sometimes it's I just paid you two thousand dollars. It's the only two thousand dollars I have, and now there's an issue. You're like. Yeah, that's the worst. It yeah. really does. And, and like, so I'm, I'm kind of the guy who handles those calls and those text messages on the weekends. The thing that I really hate is like having to deal with the, the text messages and seeing the clients who can communicate that well on the weekend. Right. Like I still answer them. I feel bad if I don't answer them. And like, especially if they're upset, it's a whole lot easier to deal with them right now and say, Hey man, I'm terribly sorry. You're having a problem. Well, they're going to respond well with that. 
Exactly, as opposed to like, but man, it makes me nervous over the weekend. It ruins. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. My whole weekend, I can't. How do you feel about this cable management? I can tell who did the cable management. We didn't do any cable management. (laughs) That's my point. We just hooked it up and (laughs) went... You know what helped is the black. Yeah. You know, you can't see it. <laughs> well, we can get another one of these. And, and just, just throw it on throw top. Throw it right on yeah. top. And you wouldn't even we normally have two tables. Like, that's that's what has oh, worked. Oh, they drop in between. Yeah. So, we run all the cables. So, everything's just hanging out underneath. And everything looks nice and clean. And nice. it comes up. It looks really nice. It reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons where Homer looks super buff. And everything's just kind of taped. All the fat's taped up on the back. What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, David, did you ever sleep this morning? Huh? Did you ever sleep a little bit? Just a just a tie. You know, I didn't. I didn't. I stayed up late to watch the Celtics game last night. They won, by the way. Nice. So uh, I, I didn't set my alarm, and it, I usually have it set, but I forgot to turn it on. You know what time I woke up? What? Three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I got up at five every day. So like. you went three a.m. and you got here what at seven? Mm-hmm. What the hell were you doing for four hours? Oh, you I went, went back to sleep. No, I went, dude. Come on now. <laughs> Look at me. You can tell. Good job, Yeah. <laughs> Nobody um, running. What are you talking about? Listen, if I'm running, there's something this after cop, me. I was going to say, the cops are back there. That's it. That's it. That's it. So, um, this is the first iScan conference. Yeah. And, I mean, I, this is the first time I've been to this facility. Same here. This what is, is that the, noise? That is the, the AC. AC. <laughs> hey, listen. I know this guy. He's really good with noise abatement. And no. You can't, I cannot fix that. It's going to be in the background the whole time. Sure. I rented this Ford Expedition. I thought I was going to get a Chevrolet. I got this Ford Expedition. I get in the car, and this noise just coming through the speakers. I'm like, what is that noise? And I, I mean, the, <laughs> I think the, uh, the, the, the subwoofer or whatever, not, not the subwoofer, what am I, the amp. Yeah. I think the amplifier is blown. It's coming through. It sounds like this. 
all the time. You're driving the entire time you're driving. You hear you this. Haven't heard about the new white noise off? Yeah. yeah. On, uh, <laughs> new Chevys. Hey, what's in Isn't that a thing now? Like the EVs have a little bit of a white noise or a little bit of something, so they don't reach up and try and start the car at a stoplight. Yes, that way there's some sort of tactile or at least audible response to. Right. Oh, hey, this is on. Just like when you back up. Have you heard the new backup sound? It is the weirdest thing. It reminds me of War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. Right. Like the noise that those machines make in that movie is almost like the same noise that these new EVs when they I want to look that up. It's like... <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Like, the first time I heard it, I was with my kid. He's like, Dad, what's that? I'm like, oh, Tom Cruise? <laughs> oh, I just hey. got the bomb. I'm sorry. So no, you're fine. You're okay. fine. Nobody cares. Um, so we were we were uh, we were at. Uh, what did you do? Huh? Did I space out there? What did you just do? You're gonna learn that this is pretty common. He's gonna oh, be I'm completely asking, off in it? La La Land, and then he interrupts. This is his role here. Okay, this is what he does. Um, so we were at ETI Tool Tech. Sure, sure. And um, Tom Cruise was there because of the Top Gun I, thing, yes. the Midway deal, yes, and all yes, that. Yes, yes. My wife hates Tom Cruise. And so I was like going to go try and find him and take a picture in the whole nine yards just to send to her just to piss her off. She hates him that much. But he was at ETI? No, no. He oh, was, okay. they, well, I know. Across so the, the way. Yeah, yeah Midway. Coronado. Yeah, Midway yeah. is in San Diego. Yes. So they were doing their red carpet opening and everything yes. at, at the Midway. So I didn't get the chance. That would have really upset her. Yeah, I was down at the Del Toro, not Del, Toro uh, Del Mar manufacturing yeah. show that was going on at the same time. That's why we didn't right. EDI. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So who... Joshua, who are you with? So, Kirin. We um, we actually are a tool company birthed from other tool companies. So, our right. team has been building other companies in the space for the last 10 years. And about four years ago, we broke off and created our own company. So, we've got our names on patents and products for everyone from Snap-on to Power Really? Um, things that we've built and designed and launched all over the world. Um, everything in the automotive, electrical, and diagnostic and testing space uh, right. has been our pedigree. And so, four years ago, when we founded Curian, pretty much the rock star team that we had in those other companies, building those things, the engineering right. side, the manufacturing side, the R&D, the sales and marketing, right. everyone just kind of had that point where they were either done with what they were doing or the place they were at. And we all just kind of said, well, why don't we get together and make our own band? Right. And that's what we did. That's pretty slick. And yeah. and so, you know, I had never heard of it before. Sure. No, yeah. no, 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 that's I mean, okay. I mean, co- uh, so this little thing called COVID kind of got in the way of the right? company launch and the product launches. Right. I had heard that one. Yeah, just, <laughs> just a, a little, little bit. bit. <laughs> just a little bit. So um, what what's the primary thing you offer right now? Like, you, it looks like you got, you got some pretty cool stuff. I captured some cool video from down there. David's not heard anything because somebody shows up late to the party every time not just every once in a while every time that's the one thing you can bet on by the way we're going to start telling him that we actually need to start maybe three four hours earlier than we actually do that that helps for some folks it it does yeah. and so we're gonna we're gonna you know we don't even set times i don't know what you're bitching about you know we don't even set times just show like, up yeah hey what time in your bones when you know you gotta show up that's yeah. why i freaked out when i woke up i'm like oh crap i'm behind already <laughs> My left arm. Oh, I know, I know. So usually, what happens is, is he's over here. He like he's got to shave his head every morning, right? Okay, and I did that for a while, so I can feel you. You got to keep that up, otherwise. Why would you shave your head? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I was younger. I was dumb. <laughs> 
I have I to shave my head. It's just the sides, because yeah. otherwise it just grows out. Like yeah, I kind of started looking like that dude from the Hitman movies. And I just like, eh, you know, I'm not too into it. I did it for a few weeks, and that was about it. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing is that he gets up late and the next thing you know he comes in and he's got these like bloody streaks <laughs> yeah just, yeah i have to i have to yeah <laughs> that that is definitely a thing you're, you're rushing through oh, you're just you're, slicing up your head oh, and you're using the soap instead of the foam because you're running well i'm um, you know i'm in a hotel so you just use whatever it's oh, the, this body wash <laughs> <laughs> poor david oh they had a sand outside <laughs> <laughs> the thing <laughs> he comes he comes in and he's got all these spots and we were like oh no what happened were you in an accident no he is the accident <laughs> it was a bobcat <laughs> it was a bobcat <laughs> <laughs> he, he laughs I'm gonna use that I fought off with this bobcat on the way in listen listen we all know that you are so um uh you live the city life, okay? There's no chance. The only kind of bobcat you're going to get an argument with Whatever. is made by Inger Song. I'm going to push the narrative out. I'm going to push the narrative out. He fights bobcat. Hashtag bobcat. Oh, God. So, um, David's not got a chance to see your tool yet. It's sure. pretty freaking cool. Thank like, you. it's it's very interesting. And it's, uh, you know, Justin and I were talking about it a little bit ago. It is something different, right? Like, it's something you don't see every day. Thank you. So, tell us a little bit about it. I'm, I'm super excited to hear Yeah. It. So, before I talk about the tool, I want to kind of frame it with a preface. Um, the company's name is Curian. Okay. And a lot of people ask us, what does that mean? They even call it Korean or, you know, right. you know what is that? You know, there's a little hyphen there. Right. It's supposed to be a hyphen. So, it actually stands for Curiosity Engaged. Okay. And that's really kind of a mantra that the whole team has lived by over the last 10 years where we're not just curious about what things can happen. You know, we believe you need to be curious about what you can do and what's right. possible. We've got to be actively engaged in making that happen because technology right. doesn't evolve itself. Right. So I need to drive own. it. That's exactly. Somebody has to drive it. A lot of people got to put a lot of hard work into it to make that happen. Right. I mean, look at the space launch. Yeah. We won the moon. When, when were we on the moon? In the 60s? Yeah. 69. 69. Yeah. 69. So from then, we devolved, right? We right. could barely put people into orbit, and then we completely stopped for right. a decade or two. And now yeah. it's taken Elon and all these other companies going after it, really getting after it, right. to put people back up there. It devolved on its own. Right. You know, nobody was putting in that time and the effort. And the yeah. same thing goes with everything else technologically. Right. You have to put in that effort. Yeah. You have to put in that thought. Right. Well, and, and you know, that's something that we see shop owners do is they'll get to a point, they'll plateau and then they slide backwards and they don't realize they're doing it. That's it. You get comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And then you kind of like you stop paying attention. Right. You turn your, your head away. Right. And all of a sudden there's 50 fires in this direction. Exactly. Maybe you're bored. Right. Yeah. You know, David. I think well, he's, he's talking about cats to worry about. Yeah. Him. I mean, you can't be, I mean, you can't be focused on it. Space is dumb. <laughs> To what, to what benefit? I mean, they threw up satellites up there. That's cool. You know, you know why he. When, What's the point of going to the moon when he's offended by something, or he he thinks that way? You know why, right? It's that he exceeded the weight limit for the ride. I mean, <laughs> exceeded the weight limit for what ride? He he called Elon and he said, "Look, I would love to be on your next space flight. I don't want to go into space. Everything." 
There's no chance of living in space. See, like it's it's just instant death from every direction. So let's hey, let's put some humans up there. That sounds like a good idea. Hey, question. Just curious. Do you think they would pay on your life insurance if that happened? Maybe. I don't know. I think there's a clause in there like I can't go parachuting because if I died parachuting, they're not going to pay out. There's like two or three things like I'm not supposed to do because they're not going to pay out. You're not supposed to do. But well, do be, if they, if I, if I want my family to get the life insurance, I'm sure. well insured by the way. Yeah. Oh, so I, I, I'm kind of gathering that. Yeah. No. Nope. No. With bobcats floating around. Yeah. No. 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 If I get attacked by a bobcat and it kills me, bobcats aren't that big. They're really not. They're not. They. If you've ever heard one up close and personal, though, they are. I mean, listen. I don't want to fight a house cat. <laughs> I, I remember that. I will chuck that cat so far. I will Dude. eat that cat. I will punt it. Listen, listen. There is a video. And I will kick it. There is a video on YouTube of the dude. I don't know if y'all remember this. There's a video and a dude's got a cat on a leash. Now, I don't know if you ever had a cat on a leash, but that's not something you really want to do. Okay? That's bad news. Um, I, I have seen a cat get like a little bag stuck around it. I know what happens. Um, this dude is showing off the cat for all the people who could want it on the morning news. Right? And this cat turns and crawls up this dude's leg. And as he turns, he's clawing into this dude's leg. He's got his, like, up in his inner thigh. Oh, his claws are in. You see the blood running down dude's leg. This is a house cat, mind you. Well, it's wrapped the rope around dude's leg at the same time. So the cat's stuck. He can't get the cat and off. And it's tearing like, him up. Yeah, dude. And he's, like, biting him, clawing him the whole nine yards. Dude's screaming. This is on live television. Like, there's a video on YouTube. It's like. Have you ever opened a jar of pickles? Yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, like he, he's screaming, he's trying to get this cat off, and this cat is not going to let go. And I mean, the the problem with a cat is, is their claws have curl to them, right? Oh yeah, so they turn and they turn it. It digs in, but at the same time, like the only reason why he didn't rip the cat off is because he didn't want to on live television kill the cat. No, well, that's what I'm saying. No, I promise you. <laughs> I yeah, promise exactly. He, he Pop was, that head right off. I that, think he was really trying, but I think the pain where that cat hit, like uh, if you saw where that cat hit, you might understand. But you have to react in a certain way. Like you're actually going to freeze, right? He didn't freeze, but the pain, like. He's could, trying to get the cat off without killing the cat. But like he's saying, just <laughs> pop that head right off. <laughs> I, I hate to tell you. Guys. I hate to tell you, homeboy wasn't thinking anything about that at that point. Like, He's just I mean, like, was he was he worried about his junk? Is that what the problem was? Yeah, wouldn't you be? I mean, like, th- dude, this cat. <laughs> we're yeah. gonna have before we leave. as it approached the junk. It's like this cat's sorry, done. Sorry, sorry, no, folks. Man. I'm I, about to kill this cat. I don't. <laughs> I don't think you his advice. I don't think you understand how fast a cat oh, is. Yeah, That's yeah. the whole so, point. Is like I don't think you understand. Like you're in trouble before you know you're in trouble. I think we I don't know. Know. Important uh, disclaimer. Apparently, the three of us have ADHD. Uh, no, 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 no. He no, does no. not. He does not. This one, yeah. you don't. Like, I do. Oh, legitimately, I do. Not nearly as. Uh, I promise. Like, <laughs> not as bad as. Uh, we we got post last night where people are saying like, could someone please try and keep him on track? I'm like, I do. Like, and if I if I say anything too mean, he's like, he doesn't talk for the next three episodes. When I decided so. I was going to work on cars, it became very apparent. That I could not keep my attention long enough to actually fix the car. <laughs> and so the the worst thing in the world, I think I would have made it. I said this before. I think I would have made it if I had electric ratchets back in the day. Sure. Cause, but it's the, yeah, the I, like, I, I'm doing this and like 
30 seconds into it, I'm like, I'm done. This is it. Nope. <laughs> this can't be fixed. Push it outside burning. I'm done. I can't. This is a, like, it's mind numbing. Like, what am I going to do later? I don't know what's going on here. Like your mind's racing and you're like, I can't, I know. It's funny that you say that and hard segue here, right? That's actually why and how we built our tools the way we did, because what you really? just said, I'm not going to say everybody's that way, but a big percentage of the automotive industry, mm-hmm. we're hands-on people. We have to be there with the problem. Understand like, don't right. get me wrong. These classes here are great and fantastic. And if you can learn that way, God bless you. Right. Because I know I can't. Right. <laughs> I'm hands on, dude. If I'm not right. actively engaged in that, like, like yeah. I, you know, hey, <laughs> right. There, there, go, there goes a cat video. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and you know what's interesting about that is I, I just talked to some of my techs. We went to some training events and they said, listen, the only thing we ask is, is that if we go to a training event, let's make it something that we can actually come back and put into practice. Yes. You know, and actually touch and put our hands on and do it Yes. because then we can retain the knowledge. And I think that's everybody. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's just, you know, folks with ADHD. I think that's everybody. A lot of people. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of tactile um, neurological responses that go into education and learning, you know, all the way to where your hands are involved while you read and the angles and everything else. Like there's all right. kinds of science behind that. Yeah. Definitely. But I think with technicians, though, I know my technicians can focus in on that bolt and get it out. I cannot. You, oh, so they, you, they will sit there and they'll wrench out. Level. What's that? You're an extra special. Uh, apparently. <laughs> I'm just saying that they, they can focus in and they're like, we're going to get this bolt out. And they can concentrate on that task to get it done. And so a lot of technicians listen to this podcast and they're like, finish the conversation, get to the end yeah. and then move on. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's crazy to see, and I'm, you know, I talked to my wife about it and and he'll send me a video about ADHD, like some little funny reel or something. My wife's like, exactly. You deal with that with me every day, you know, and it's pretty, exactly. (laughs) And, but, but this is a, this is not a special case. This is a, (laughs) anyway. Um, So how many tools have you got on the market right now? So right now we have the main flagship, uh, the N2 mm-hmm. neuron, and then we actually have uh, all the accessories to go with it. Amp clamps, right. connector sets, pin-out kits, right. uh, back probe lead sets, various cables and things. This is kind of game-changing, though, right? Like, this is yeah. really freaking cool. So let me talk to you a little bit about it. So what it is, is it's the industry's first compact two-channel Bluetooth graphing meter. Right now, I have it in a accessory magnetic boot. Because, you know, you always got to keep your tool wrapped up, Right. Right. So you've got the N2, it's Bluetooth enabled to iOS or Android. So whether you get an iPhone, an iPad, a Samsung tablet, right. a, a Samsung phone, an Android phone, you're able to actually get your volts, your ohms, your amps, your temperature, continuity, diode testing. Right. We have two channels of voltage measurement. Now, what makes it really cool is unlike your normal meters that are like mm, 400 hertz right. a second, this is 8,000 hertz on two channels. So 8,000 wow. samples a second in wow. two channel. So I'm actually getting waveforms out of this. I can shut off the normal RMS measurements. Right. And I've got a scope in my pocket effectively. It's about That's 95% cool. plus of a scope because I've got the ohms and the amps and everything mm-hmm. else on there and temp. So the reason we call it neuron is just like in our brains, we have neurons that are taking the physical world that's feeling and smelling and touching 
through our nervous system right. and converting that into electrical impulses in our brains for us to understand and to interpret into sound and touch and feel. And so we are building an artificial intelligence diagnostic system that will take the physical analog world and interpret that and help to assist the technicians in diagnosing what they're doing. We don't want to build Skynet and take over the world. Kind of right, but right. we definitely feel that in the last decade in the space, from all the trainings, all the shows, all the ride-alongs, all the in-shop visits we've been doing, the number one thing that guys and gals out there really need and want is they need that mentor. They need that help. If they don't know how to do something, they need that education. But like we just covered, they're not going to sit in a training class and necessarily retain that. They have to learn as they go. Right. So we're building the system not to do the, the latest and greatest measurements, although they will. That's a subset. We're building the system to be your guide on rails as you're going down that diagnostic process and tell you, hey, this is good, this is bad. Here's right. how to do it. So I'm going to show you guys. I'm not intending to put it on the camera, but this is a beta version of the app right now. Right. And obviously, it's been in a shop, as you guys can tell from the screen. Right. Um, but we have taken every automotive system test you can do with a meter, and we've digitized it. And I'm going to show you here on a battery system test, you can read how to do the test, or you can watch a 30-second video on how to do it and what it means. Well, that's cool. When you've learned, you put it away, you go to your test. Tells you whether or not, in this case, surface voltage was detected. It is not. Once you're done with that, you move on down the process, okay? If it's not That's surface voltage that caused that, that battery to die, maybe it's the state of charge or the cranking system. You know, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the battery's dead. All these tests are built in automatically configuring the tool for you. You don't have to go in and manually tweak settings like you do with a scope anymore. There's no triggers. There's no you know time-based windows you're messing with. It just sets it up for you. It's point and shoot. Teaches you how to do it while you do it. That's pretty cool. So it, it teaches you how to set the thing up, but then it does the interpreting for you. It will give you feedback. But at the end of the day, the human is smarter than, than these machines. Yeah. You've right. You got to use your touch, your sound, your feel, your smell. You got to use all your five senses, whatever the fifth one is. I right. what is What is that? Emotion or something? Yes. Some BS like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> So it doesn't, uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, but it, does it give you like known goods? Yes. Okay. So it's taking its calculations and database off of a database of known goods. So, in the but case it doesn't give you the known good. Like if my technician is going to hook that up, he's going to run that test, a cranking test, for example, sure. he's, for example, one of the arguments we have at our shop is that I've always followed, followed the Jim Morton crank it six times in a row, mm -hmm. yeah, test yeah. it on the seventh. Yeah. And where are we? What's the threshold? So, right if it now, drops under right nine point six, yes. So okay. nine point six is the threshold hard hard lined into it. But uh, let me let me let me preface this. Right now, we have everything from your battery systems, your starting, your ignition, your charging, your sensor tests, connections, uh, different power factor testing, voltage drop tests, all built in with known good data. Pretty much anything that you had to learn to pass your A6 is built into this. That's off cool. of that, that whole premise. Hmm. The data within for the battery system, there's different batteries, AGM, MatPak, lead acid, all that's going to be configurable and toggleable. Mm -hmm. If that's a word, <laughs> toggle right. through those. <laughs> toggleable. Toggleable. <laughs> And so today, it's pretty much based on the lead acid. However, we are constantly updating the app. Since we've launched the app in 2020, 
there's been something like 14 different app updates and over 27 new features provided free of charge to existing customers and new and future customers. That's cool. Free updates for life. So let me ask you this question because it's going to come up is, is can I still do it manually? Right? Like I, I really like having my voltmeter and and what I'm thinking about in my head is that for instance, I'll be working on a car, I'll back probe a circuit and I want to go sit down in the car and crank it and be able to see my voltmeter instead of trying to stretch it around the side, trying to go back and forth. And I'm, uh, that's really where my thoughts going with this. Yeah. It's just for a I long time. whip off the lab scope. I No, I, I start with the voltmeter. Voltmeter and test light. Like 90% of what I do is with the voltmeter and test light. So I'm with you. And most right. of the people out there are. Like, don't get me wrong. You're probably a top 2% or 5% or on that on that kind of thing. They just spend a lot of money on those lab scopes, well, and, and so they the want an excuse to use well, them. Well, I'm going to battery it. test this with a lab scope. But, like, but just here, go with the battery tester. But here's the no, thing. no, I'm going to use the lab scope. But here's the <laughs> thing: think about setup time. Think about everything else that's associated with it. And and I'm not saying like I use the scope all the time, but I use the scope for what I use the scope for. Yeah, it's right. Take any longer. I, I'm using the scope for cam crank correlation things like that. When I want to see the pattern, when I want to see a waveform, that's when I'm using the scope. Yeah. When I'm wanting to do a basic voltage drop test on something, I'm grabbing my voltmeter and going for it. You know what I mean? I'll load the circuit and boom, I've got my test result. Exactly. And let's talk a little bit about the stats on the on the, the market as a whole. There's now, due to COVID and all that, anywhere from about 750,000 to 1.2 million techs out there. Mm-hmm. Your top five percenters are the guys with the scopes. That's why I said, like, hey, you're right. probably a one to two percenter because you're, you're obviously much better than those guys. So with not me. He I don't thinks know how he, to use he thinks he is. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Trust me. Yeah. So <laughs> where I'm going at with this is, don't get me wrong. We've built the cool, the tool, advanced and sexy enough for you guys. But the reality is, there's 95 percent of a million people out mm-hmm. there who are working on cars on a daily basis who don't have a $1,500 lab scope, a $2,500, an 8,000 Bernie scope. You know, like they just don't have that. They have yeah. a meter. And they need something more. They want to get to that next stage. Yeah. But one, they don't have the training. Two, they don't have the comfort. And three, the price points are just insane for that. Mm. So this is that perfect in between. I give you everything. You know, it gives you everything you need for automotive <laughs> training and testing. It gives you now your entryway into scopes. So you were talking about manually doing things. You can manually change your time-based windows in the tool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Like a scope. You can come in here and decide whether or not you want to use the system tests. You can turn that off. You've got your full meters in here, volts, ohms, amps. You can, maybe you don't want to look at temperature. Turn that off. Go just do your voltage readings. Simply graph. And because I'm based on a multimeter architecture, sorry, just turn off my RMS functions, and now I've got my waveforms. And mm-hmm. it's point and shoot because it's all auto ranging. I'm not setting up triggers. None of that. That's pretty cool. Keep it in your pocket with a couple of leads. Pull out your phone. You, you're doing testing on the fly. Yeah. I diagnosed my wife's battery <laughs> as we were driving up to Lake Arrowhead on the side of the road. Right. That her battery was dying. We thought it was the alternator. No. Nope. Sure right. enough, a couple of crank overs without the fuel pump relay in there. Battery's dropping a four or five volts. Eh, that's not my alternator that's not charging. Mm, it's right. just a dead battery. So, what's the price point on something like this? Oh, man. Uh, I'm asking the hard questions. The hard questions. Before I go there, but wait, there's more. So, on top of all the measurements, I don't have my phone on me. This isn't connected to the internet, but there's a virtual training access area in here Mm -hmm. where we partner with the industry's top training experts. So, next door, we've got G Trulia, TST seminars, ATTS. 
You got yeah. ATS, Bernie Thompson, you got Scott Brown, Brandon Steckler, Dave Hobbs, all through TST. So we've partnered with TST okay. and ATTS to provide automotive education. There is a 24-hour, three-day course that we wow. had in New York in January. It took $1,000 a person to go there. We sponsored it with G, and we've recorded that, chopped it up into two-hour segments. It takes you from electrical basics to all the way to passing your ASC service. Right. All that training is provided free of charge to somebody who buys one of these inside. Right. It's a full community where you can get known good waveforms, comparisons, case studies. Guys are helping each other out through the app. You could do one-on-one chat with a Kyrian staff member. We have right. a full video training library on how to use the tool. Additional TST videos like I was talking about. And if you still have questions on anything after that, you have full access to our support calendar. You choose the right day and time that works for you. Automatically sets up a Zoom meeting, connects us on our calendars, sends you a text message 24 hours in advance, and the morning of saying, don't forget we have a meeting. Right. We meet face-to-face and we help take care of what's going on. And what I'm about to say is not a smash against others, but when you call us, we answer the phone. Right. When you send an email within 24 hours or less, and normally it's only an hour or two, we reply. We do WeChat, you know, Twitter, YouTube, all that, the comments. It's all fully monitored around, Very the, cool. around the world. Right. So back to price point. Mm-hmm. $3,500 worth of tools, training, and support, right? Right. 375 retail. Dang. Two years of warranty. We're based in LA. All of our support, time, people are there. And so we're able to, you know, pretty much handle most of the country. That's cheaper issue. than a lot of voltmeters. That's exactly the point, which is why I was saying for you, like, yeah, you know, you're 5%, you spent $1,500 to $5,000 on that scope. Yeah. You get 95% more for 300 bucks in your pocket. Yeah. Connected to your phone. Well, and I, I think about the apprentices, right? I think about the apprentices and the apprentice program in North Carolina. How cool would a tool like that be for them mm-hmm. that, that, you know, it gets them started with something. And, and, you know, I, I think, and I'm going to end the live stream so we can go ahead and continue in the the regular podcast. Um, I think that in a lot of ways we look at, at bringing these folks into the industry. And the problem is, is that they, they don't start with electrical. They don't start with hard work. They get stuck on a tire bay. Then they might move up to an oil change bay and, and the owner says, well, you're not learning. Right. And we come back and we send them to these, um, we send them to these classes Right. And we expect them to learn, but they never have a chance to apply the knowledge. So the knowledge is never retained. Right. They never get to make that mistake. They never blame the apprentice. Do you? Well, I I can see that. You got to take personal ownership and responsibility for your That's all I'm saying. Like they're not, they're not driving. They're not pushing to learn. I agree. There are, it's a tiny, tiny subset of people that are saying, are actively looking for classes. I've got an apprentice. It's like he assumes it's going to be through osmosis that he's going to learn. It's like, hey, go yeah. go get on this class, learn the stuff. I'll let you yeah. do the stuff. Yeah, like I'll let you do the stuff once you get once you learn the material. Never gets on the class. Hey, did you take that class last night? No. Hey, yeah. you're going to the class next week on Tuesday night? No. It's like, hey, when are you going to hire me full time? It's like, dude, no. I got, exactly. Yeah, I got you cleaning, and that that's it. Like yeah, that's well, all you're good for. Well, and and you know, I I have I have encountered that even with some of my more experienced techs. Like, look, you got to take some ownership of this. You've got to have sweat equity in it because if you don't have sweat equity in it, you're you don't really care that much. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you, if you're investing your personal time, it's not that I, it's not that I want them to invest their personal time. It's not that I would ask them to work from home or anything like that. Yeah. No, it's no, I, I think that, that entire you, thing is BS. What, how, how many books does the the average CEO read? What is it? Fifty two books. Yeah. yeah, fifty fifty two books a year that they're reading. They're not technically getting compensated for that, but you don't get to the point of CEO without putting all that time and yep. energy yep. into personal development yes. and getting better at what you're doing. Yes. Like that's a lot of extra work that nobody ever takes into account. They think they show up, they clock in at eight, they leave at five, and then somehow just through luck, they show up as the CEO and they're like, oh, you just got lucky. It's, it's yeah. not a lottery. Yeah. Two yep. plus two is four. You put in the work, you Amen. put in the time, you yep. get the results. You cannot be mad about the results you didn't yep. get from the work you didn't do. Well, so think about the not, technician. That's not my quote. I'm just, that's somebody else's quote. <laughs> I want <laughs> think to put that the, out there. <laughs> think about the guy that was. Mad. Think about the guy who last night was saying that the reason why there's a shortage of technicians is because they're not getting paid. Well, it's because 95% of technicians don't give two craps about developing themselves into yeah. excellent technicians. And I'm not, look, this is not because I want to put it on the tool, but quite literally, that's what we put in here. We made it so that we've taken the horse to the water. We've taken off all yeah, the right. You've got the tool. You've got the training. The education's in here to develop yourself. Yeah. I mean, I've been lucky enough. Um, for yeah, 400 bucks. For Yeah, 375 and, and that's sadly, it was $2.99 before, but you know, things got expensive these days. Right. Yeah. It takes me $15 a unit just to ship it here. Right? Yeah. Right. Anyways, um, where I'm going with this is are you guys familiar with the term a ride along for like a tool dealer going yeah. out? Yeah. Okay. So, as a tool manufacturer, we get to do ride alongs with certain, you know, we work with Mac, Go Mac, Cornwall, Snap On, um, two largest wholesale distributors in the country sell our products to that, the franchises, mm -hmm. but then also we work with Cornwall and uh, Mac. Yeah. And so, we were doing ride alongs with Cornwall dealers. And we walked into a, a CarMax. And so one of the guys walks in, sees it, asks me about it. I tell him about the education, how he can improve, you know, what he's doing, lift himself up, increase his potential, right? Then I tell him all the cool things it does. And he's just like, wow. He turns around to the tool dealer and I kind of cut out of the, arm, the corner of my eye. The tool dealer is like this. And I'm thinking, oh, this guy has a high tool bill or something, right? Right. The, guy, the kid turns around and, and he says, you know, hey, Chauncey, you mind if I buy this? And he's like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's put it on your account. He does. He walks away. I'm like, hey, why were you giving me this? He says the kid is a porter at CarMax. He just moves cars around. He doesn't actually work on cars. So the kid comes back on to like pick, pick up his receipt. And I ask him, like, hey, why did you do that? He says, dude, I want to move these cars around forever. I want to make money. I want to yeah. get out there. I want to learn. Right. This got everything I need to do that. And yeah. so we can see when people jump onto the training, before we left, CarMax that day, he had already registered. He was in the trainings and already started taking the courses. Well, so Give his name. Where does he live? Here, here's Arcadia, the, California. Here, here's the interesting thing about that. Kansas is, is cheaper to live in. Is yeah. A, if, if we just keep them at the, the tire position or the porter position or we keep them at the oil change position, we never see if they're going to push that limit, right? I, I think there are some who, who you can see that with. 
But there are some that until they feel like there's going to be some type of reward, there's going to be some type of need. Take Ryan, for instance, right? Man, Ryan digs in and and he's at home researching. He's watching Scanner Danner videos. He'll come back in and say, hey, I need some clarification on how this works. And he'll grab a car and he'll just start to, like we've got learner cars. He'll start taking it apart. Okay, how does this work? How does that work? Great. Okay, here, let me show you a way that I've learned to test that that's faster. Let me show you a way that I know that makes that more effective. In the same respect, I've got other guys who... Like they won't go and do the full research and truly dig into what they're working on. They want the quick answer. They want the, I don't want to say a silver bullet. They're really trying to to diag and dig into it. But the attention span can be so short that when they're working on it, they'll like the first thing they see, boom. And then they, they get tunnel vision. They go down this track, right? So I think there's people who don't want to learn. There's people who can't learn. David, there's, no, you learn super quick. And then there's people who um, we've not given the opportunity to learn. We've not put them in a, an environment that's conducive to that. No. So I, no. I get what you're saying on an emotional level. Right. Of but, course. But I'm with David, man. I mean, you got to take responsibility for what you're doing. If you're absolutely, if you weren't, I'm going to watch my words here. If you're in a shop where you feel you're not getting that opportunity. Yeah. You need to move my on. Bo- well, beyond that, like my, your boss isn't a bad guy you've got to talk to him he just may not know that you want to do that he may not know that you need that opportunity it's up to you you end up where you end up because of you and no one else here's the thing though the percentage of those who are going to dig in on their own and fight for this and grow and learn initially on their own is low we're talking about a very very small subset of the technicians we have available right now the point is is we don't have enough technique we've got plenty of technicians there's a whole different conversation for that. But the point is, is that, that we don't have the luxury of having enough of a workforce that we can say, Hey, by the way, you're not going to be a good fit because you're not going to learn. Now I think we should do that, right? You're not putting in the effort. I think we should do that. But the problem is Toyota down the street is going to hire them. The problem is, is that the, the oil change place down the street is going to hire them and keep them in the field forever. And then we're going to have technicians who don't ever learn and don't ever grow. Let me ask you this. This is a, a business podcast, right? You guys talk yeah. with shops. You know, right now we're putting a lot of the onus on the technician in mm-hmm. this conversation. We're putting a lot of responsibility there, which yeah. there should be. Every Absolutely. single person is responsible for their own outcome. Right. But as a shop owner... You are responsible for your team. You yes. are the leader there. So you need to step it up too if someone's watching this. And you yeah. need to look at your people and say, what's going on here? What's good? What's yeah. right? If I as an owner want to make that extra million bucks next year, yep. or if I want to get to that million bucks, yep. I gotta figure I, out. I think that's sort of the problem team. though. There's a disconnect there. We we've talked about this before, is that that getting to that next million is getting two BTECs in that bay. In those bays, you know, doing suspension work, and that thing there is just going to be an intrusion into uh, their ability to turn seventy hours a week, uh, just absolutely killing. It's like, whoa, whoa, just grab the battery tester, good or bad. Don't don't get don't get that thing out. Don't hook the leads up. Like it takes two seconds, th- three button presses, and you've got that battery tested. No need to get that thing out. And the technician's like, okay, well, he's paying me 0.3 for this, so I need to do it in ten minutes. hundred percent. And when you're playing the flat rate game like that, and yeah. you're you're, it's like it's like a framing thing. Like you know, okay, yeah, I got to get my 0.3 and 0.2 to make my 0.1 extra, and just keep moving and racking mm-hmm. that up. But you can't run the statistics that way, right? Because at the end of the day, if that cost of suspension, sure, whatever, that that's hard, right. hard line, like, you know, it's 
This is today. It's not going to diagnose it for you. Maybe in the future, but uh, with the right with the right NVH, yeah, NVH right. setup. Yeah, hey, we could do the, uh, the the millimeter wave. You know, run through there. Maybe there's micro cracks in the suspension. You don't know about. Kind of peeking towards the things that we're looking at. There's a lot of future yeah. stuff where we're. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I can see that. But anyways, getting back to it is if that customer's diag problem, that battery, was it really the battery? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's just a subset. Did you diagnose the whole problem? If you're running the numbers game purely on, I need to make that 0.1 plus, yeah. are you going to have a happy customer? Well, that, is, your, is your experience for that customer going to fulfill them to the point where, and I need to fulfill? Yeah, well, that's the problem is the shop doesn't care. 70% of the time, the car's fixed with the battery. Is it? Yeah, yeah, but 70% of the time it and, is. And, and then and 30% of the time is where you run down like some rabbit hole that in the, that shop will stop and go, nope, take it to the dealer. Yeah. yeah. Take it to the dealer or call in a mobile guy or whatever. And that, that's how we got where we're at right now. Let's be real. That's how we got here. It is because that's where we got the reputation we got because they're just slamming them out, right? It's all about production. It's all about moving. It's all about just as quick as we can go. Yeah. So the yeah, owner it's a race to the bottom. I, I think the the owner really is a big problem in this. And I mean, I get that they want to make money, and their their mentality is if I can fix the car fifty percent correctly, fifty percent of the time, or eighty percent of the time, even I'm making money. I don't care, right? The, they don't the, have a personal connection to it. The the issue. Did you see what Mario Rojas said? I told I told him I was going to steal it. He said, there's going to be the gravy train and the well-trained. That's it. Or there's going to be a split in the industry. That's yeah. a good quote. I, I know, that. right? Yeah. Totally stealing awesome. it. It's mine now. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But look at that that shop owner that was talking about the ADOS equipment. And he goes, I don't see the ROI in it. And the and I, I tagged him and I said, here, listen to these podcasts. And I gave him George Lesniak's podcast. Yeah. The one we did at ETI. And the like. I went back and listened to it. And the very first thing I say on there is, if you think you can sit on the sidelines, yep. you don't realize the amount of risk that you're taking, the liability you're taking just doing normal suspension work. You can no longer take that tie rod and slap it on and just align it and out the door it goes. You have no idea that that, yeah, yes. you got a reflash and it needs a disc and calibration and this, that, and that. You don't know. You think it's just a tie rod in yeah. and you're thinking you're going to make money never knowing that you would just put that guy's uh, life in danger Correct. and the thing and veers now, off, smashes into a wall. Now yeah. your extra 0.5 an hour has turned into a, a family's yeah. death. Million and, and a half lawsuit. Exactly. And yeah, you're ruined because you had no idea. And so that that's sort of the issue now well, and, is and, that it really won't be a gravy train and well-trained. It's it, the, the ones taking huge risk. And those that have realized the risk and have mitigating decided, it. yeah, no. they're, they're mitigating it as best possible. They're, and the amount of work that they're going to be able to do profitably without also knowing all this other garbage is going to start shrinking and yeah. shrinking and well, shrinking. Well, I mean, it, you look at Vegas and house odds, right? And, and conventionally, the shop has had house odds in this situation, but that table's starting to turn. They're starting to lose their odds. Every time you do this is a bet. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're putting it all on the line every single time this happens. And they say, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Right. I've got insurance. I've got this. I've got that. The problem is, is it, look, it's I'm, risk mitigation, but of down the line, why not kind of nip it at the bud? Exactly. Well, so, you know, that, that's kind of what I was going to say is, is I watched a piece of family property burn one time. And and watch the insurance deal over that. You think insurance is going to cover you, uh-huh. man? They're, they're, they're fight for every penny. exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. And so, you know, you, you say I'm protected, I'm protected, I'm good, I'm good, man. You don't know. No. I would much rather mitigate the risk before I had to find out if I'm protected or not instead of getting into a situation like that. I look at repair orders from other shops all the time. And they're not even putting any notes on the repair order. They're not putting what they did. And, I, you know, just the other day I was talking to a shop owner. He's like, man, I'm so frustrated. We changed the left front wheel bearing. Now they're mad because they're saying that, you know, it's our responsibility to fix the right front. I'm like, why are they saying that? That's ridiculous. Why would they say it's your responsibility? Well, because it's nowhere on the ticket which one we changed. Come on, dude. dude you know what I'm saying? It's like, simple notation. Right, exactly. It's simply documenting what you did. You had a situation that that saved your butt. You were about to buy a $30,000 light pole and it wasn't yeah. anything you did. Wow. And so, you know, I think that, that we said this last night in the panel, but really when you come down to it, you can be a really, really good technician. Unless you learn to do the freaking job of being the business owner and set those policies and procedures, man, I don't know. I don't think I don't think today's world accepts it like it was twenty years ago. I don't think we're gonna be able to maintain that that trajectory, if you will, of doing things the way we used to do it. Well, I think it's more than just leadership now to the point you're bringing up. Yes, you have to bring in the policy, the procedure. You have to cover your butt, you know, procedurally, right? Like right. Pre-scan, post-scan, yeah. making sure, at least in California, you know, when a shot, when a car comes into the shop, you have to actually go in and, and um, measure the tire pressure. You know, was the right. tire pressure correct? Yeah. If not, we did it post. Cannot leave without being actually measured, right. even if it didn't come in for tires. Right. It could have come in because my left blinker was out. That they have to do that. Well, I mean, I don't know if you saw the the lady in New Hampshire with the busted brake line, and she just came in because her tire was was flat. So they fixed the tire. She was killed in an accident, and they ended up charging the technician with with uh, manslaughter, and they ended up charging the shop with all kinds of stuff. Wow! All because they didn't check the car, and they said, "Well, yeah, but you put your good housekeeping seal of approval on it. You you by you working on the car, you said the car was good. She doesn't know anything about the car. It's your responsibility. Well, I couldn't have seen that. Great. At least showed that you made a freaking effort to. And now we're going to go down the rabbit hole of certifications and whether or not right. journeymaning and or journeymaning and, and the whole procedurals for owning a shop and working on cars. You know, yeah. Is that required? What do you think? No, it didn't, didn't work in Canada. Didn't? But no, in Canada, the, all of that stuff is there. Yeah. They have to apprentice for so much time. You can only have so many apprentices versus fully certified. You have to be certified to work on a car. Like they have all that, it hasn't fixed any of this. Like so they, they still have, the have garbage. Yeah, they have the same garbage shops doing garbage work, and, and they they man. can't find good technicians. They can't keep good technicians. There's everybody's leaving the industry. All the same problems we have here in the U.S. They have up in Canada, and the certification process didn't work. It's also done in Michigan. Same thing. Really, it, it hasn't fixed anything. That 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 whole it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The only the only thing that's going to fix it is individual shop owners taking ownership and doing, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do the right thing for, for my technicians, for myself, why, for the industry. Why does it hold on now? I see your point, but why does it work for electricians? Why does it work for plumbers? Why does it work for doctors? Why does it work in other industries, but won't work in this one? I don't know. There's a human factor there. The people still have to take accountability and responsibility well, for themselves. I mean, here's the thing. They have to realize they're not just adjusting I, something. It's a well, life. It's but, lives on the line. Well, but I think I mean, for the, with an electrician and, and like a plumber and things like that, there's less complexity there. 
Like a house I, isn't flying down the road at 70 miles I, I mean, an hour with the environment moving. It's like once I put that wire in the wall, it's like the house might shift some, you know, maybe. No, I, see, like, I, I disagree, though, because, you know, I'm talking to these guys who are wiring the shop. And, and he's actually a podcast listener now. Yeah. Um, so he I'm just talking to him and he's like, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's probably true. No, he said that he was going to listen to us last after all of the other ones he listened to when he ran out until he got his other stuff back up. Um, until new episodes of the other ones came back. But, you know, we're talking about that. And he was talking about, like, some of the certifications and the things they're required to do. He was talking about, you know, and, and let's think about resistance, right? Resistance in AC is a different animal. It will burn your place to the ground. Sure. So, you know, you, you've got a ground fault and somebody backs up against a, a box that's metal and it'll fry them. You know, I mean, there, there's there's tremendous liability there. Um, and you're talking about multi-million dollar facilities burning to the ground because of a mistake you made, right? And a lot of times they're able to come back and say whose mistake that was, believe it or not. Like, hey, I sure. can look in this box. I can see where this wire arced. I can see that the, the hot spot of the fire was here. And they come back to that, right? And And I don't think it is all mentality either because, you know, he was talking about OSHA the other day. And he said, I'm going to tell you right now. He said... Like, we've got a policy. If we see OSHA coming in, he's like, if we're following every single rule, he said, the, the boss man will come around and swing his hand in the air. means get off the lifts, get down, put your tool belt down, and say, hey, I'm just here visiting somebody. I'm not here working. I'm like, why is that? He said, because even if you do everything right, they're going to find something. Find something. Yeah. That, that, they're there to find something. Yeah. Well, and that's probably another problem. They're for monetization, not for exactly. actual safety. But, but so what's the difference between auto repair and electricians, right? I mean, I, I understand it's not flying down the road, but in the same respect, a family comes home, they're asleep in their bed at night, and the house burns down and kills them all. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, what, yeah. what's different about that? Why do they take it so seriously? Why are they so professional? And I, I know there's some that aren't, right? I know there's plumbers who, like, try and skirt the... I, I mean, there's they're, bad they're electricians too, but right? Of course, but they call themselves handymen. They show up to your house and they're like, "Oh, do you do electrical?" Because the average consumer thinks, "Oh, you can work on a house. You can do anything in the house, right?" And the guy goes, "Yeah, I can do some electrical. Shouldn't be touching that system." And he charges a third of the price of an actual certified electrician. So, are we saying now that then this is a culture issue, right? This is how we frame the automotive profession in the world of trades right yeah are we not giving it as much prominence as it should because it really is a stem industry mm-hmm. dude there's sure. so much obviously you know with science and technology there's yeah. math in here there's engineering in here both on the technician level now you mentioned mario rojas that dude is buried in with microscopes looking at boards and pulling off resistors yeah. Yeah. and resoldering things you know to every level within the repair space yeah this is not i'm not going to say not high school level because yes there are portions of it that you can have a high school education yeah. to do it but it does it, i think it does need to be lifted up a little bit more and understood how important it really so is, is that the key then because that's a good point if, if all of a sudden you reframe the automotive industry as a stem field and look at standard stem fields like you have to have a four-year degree nobody's going to hire you if you just walk in well, occasionally you might have somebody that you know hey I, I learned how to code this that and the other but they can show their skills without having the degree or whatever, but typically people go and they get a technology degree and then they get into the field. Otherwise, nobody's going to give you the time of day. So either have to show a ton of skill or you have to show some kind of degree or something to show that you can do the work. But then that, that falls that? on the employer. <laughs> well, 
yeah. And maybe maybe it's a st- see. I hate to get into like, oh, we got to legislate this. Like, that's not the answer. No, it's there not. I, I don't be, think it is. No, I, right. No, like, it's less. There, there, there's there's got to be more to this that that we're overlooking. And, I think there's and a moral imperative in there. There is, and and maybe it's the fact that that technology is reaching a point like a with a house, right? Who's the who's the last person or a building? You're building a building. Who's the last person who has say in that? Mm-hmm. The, the code inspector. inspector, absolutely. And he's going to come through. He's going to look at your work. So Screw you have guys. well, I, I, <laughs> a lot of people believe that. I saw one. Oh, never mind. We're not going to talk about that. Um, so, are you implying an automotive code inspector? Maybe an in-house internal guy that's like designated, like QC for manufacturing. Final right. touch, final stamp. Hey, and, this is good. This right, is and good. we we have that in our shop, right? And and it's not yeah, it's, it's not it's the most experienced. The more, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Going back and checking it, and and so I talk to a lot of shops that the owner goes and does a test drive and looks over the work that was done to make sure it's right. I do that sometimes just to kind of police it, if you will. Um, I I think that one big thing that that is happening is that technology is is advancing. Right. So, for instance, the septic system years ago, we did things one way. Now we're doing things another way. And it in that effect and same thing with with power systems inside a house, generators, solar, et cetera. It, it knocks some people out of that. Right. It knocks some people out of the ability to do those things because now the technology is more advanced than what they understand. So what happened? They started saying, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. No, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Oh, I didn't go get my license re-up because that's too complicated for me. I'm not interested in that. So it started culling the herd a little bit, right? Because they had to be licensed in it. They had to understand the system and show proficiency. So now all of a sudden they don't have interest in learning that. They're not willing to put the work in to do it. What happens? Now they're no longer certified, employed, whatever. And so it starts taking them out, right? So same thing. You start getting to the point that, that, hey, I have to have a VSP credential to log into that car, to do this, to do your tire rotation. I have to reprogram your TPMS sensors. And because it's part of the ADOS system, I have to log into security. I'm sorry. I'm not interested in doing that because it's too much work. Then what happens now, all of a sudden the, the shop, like the person comes in, well, they're not credentialed to do that. So let me kind of throw this out there. Yeah. This kind of seems like the manufacturers have taken ownership of this problem and the responsibility and they're effectively creating that, um, we're going to call it. They haven't. Or, they haven't yet, but I think it's but getting. They're going there. Based I wish on what they. You're saying. I wish they would. I don't know that they. I don't know that they're fully bought in. And and here here would be my vision, right? If I'm a shop owner, if I'm a technician, if I'm a service writer, if I'm a manufacturer, here's what I would see that would be most effective: is if the manufacturers all worked with somebody like Nastif, and said, "Look." We want to make sure that people working on our cars are going to present us in a good image. They're going to be professional. They're going to handle things in the right way. We also know there's some data security issues. We know there's some logistics that we have to watch, but we don't necessarily think that government regulation is the way to go. Look at cafe standards. Look at everything else. Man, the the automakers are already getting hammered by the government. They don't want to add anything else to this that they don't have to, right? Yeah. That sucks. So what if instead you've got an organization like NASTIF that's already checking? They're, they're doing a, a light background check. They're making sure that you're insured. They're making sure you actually have a business license. They're making sure that, that you're not doing... They're going to have to check competency, though. I understand that. But I'm just saying, even if you leave competency out right now, even if you leave competency out, the fact that the shop is insured, 
the fact that the shop has a business license. Think about what that does. Who who are the ones who devalue us the most? You're right. I'm with you. The problem you're going to run into is right to repair. Mm -hmm. The the average vehicle owner is going to get locked out of 99% of functions. And you bought the vehicle thinking that you're yeah. going to be able to tinker with it and play with it and, you know, get on there and you're not going to have any way to get around the security gateway and well, this, that, I, and the I, other. It, it, what, do you, what kind of phone do you have? I have an Android, uh, Sony. Yeah. So you, so you have a Sony. Let me ask you this. You have a right to repair on that. You can go in there and you can reprogram anything you want. But that thing is so complicated. Are you really going to sit up, hook it up to your USB, put a serial interface on there, and start pouring down that code and reading through those lines? So I like I like flashing ROMs on Android That's devices. And so you're I, I'm a, yeah, you're wrong cook. <laughs> so I will be happy to do it. The yeah. the, the problem, and, and if you like watch like Lewis Rossman, are you familiar uh, his oh, YouTube dude, channel? Yeah. Killer. So he's pushing this right to repair stuff because his issue is I'm trying to repair this MacBook. Apple will not give me the information that I need. And then even if I can figure it out, even if I can get the schematic from some like Eastern European guy who who stole the information, because that's what he ends up having to do. He ends up having to get stolen information internal to Apple. They won't release it. They end up stealing it. He then downloads it from some sketchy website. Now he's got the schematic. He knows this chip or this capacitor or this transistor is bad. He cannot get it from the manufacturer. They won't sell it to him because the only people we can sell this to is Apple. No one else. Yeah. So now he's stuck. And and what he's pushing for is, hey, you bought this MacBook. You paid $3,500 for this pile of crap. And now I'm trying to fix it. You have every right to take it wherever you want to. You don't have to take it back to Apple. I should be able to fix this thing. And I'm just looking for access to parts and the information. And he's, I I 100% agree with him. And if I was a tinker and if I own the MacBook, I myself should be able to download the schematic and be able to fix it myself. And if what you're saying goes, the normal vehicle but owner can no, but, but, now but, no longer on, be on, able to hook on. up his little scan I tool. I want to jump in on that for a second because conceptually that goes against the other things we were saying earlier. Uh, don't get me wrong. I understand the right to repair your thing. But it's like if you are capable and competent and able to recreate the thing yeah. that this don't get me wrong it's a corporation but it's a person right this yeah. thing this thing that has a right yeah it has its rights to its own intellectual property the thing that it made it doesn't have to give you that it can give you the right to buy it yeah and it can give you the it's not going to come over and put handcuffs on well, you for tinkering with it but why do they have to give you their you, you bring up a really really interesting point so uh, i made a post about right to repair on LinkedIn the other day. And Dan, who is a service advisor or service manager, really brilliant guy, very smart guy. And he commented, so other service managers and advisors saw it and they came on and they were freaking out. And they're like, right, repair is not fair because you're asking for proprietary information. You're asking for this. You're asking for all this stuff. And you're asking for it for free. I'm like, nobody's asking for it for free, no. right? There's a, there's a boundary or an entry mark that you have to hit and that is you have to be able to afford the equipment or the certification right and so that that's what i'm getting ready to say is that when we look at electricians let's think about is a homeowner going to be able to work on their wiring could they go in and change something yes they could it's not that they're excluded from that but if they want to do certain things in other words if i want to build a new house and i say i want to build the house myself and i want to self-contract 
Great. We're You're responsible. If for I'm that. gonna, if I'm not gonna sub out my electrical, okay, I need your your license. Oh no, I want to do it myself. I don't need a license. No, that's not how this works. Yes. Right. Like you, you because when, for instance, we were talking about the floodplain in my new shop. Okay. Right. And so he says, look. He said, you can put this much dirt in here up to this line, but you cannot affect how this affects this person's property down here. He said, if you change what this does to somebody else, then I can't it's let you. you. Exactly. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of my point is that, that my house burning to the ground, not, if, it, if it catches the dude beside me's house on fire, that's all of a sudden. Because you weren't up to code. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so my point being that if we continue to say, well, but it's not fair because the consumer doesn't have access. Look, I don't have a problem with the consumer having access. They've got they've got to get to the paywall, right? They've got to be able to pay for the tool, just like the rest of us, right? I, I don't want it for free. I want there to be a, a boundary of a barrier entry. Of entry. Yeah. So you're, you're okay with access as long as there's... Because I, I think you're right. That's a good argument. Like, they're, they're not... There's there's no onus on them to have to give you the schematic because that and the I mean, I mean, and the I'm, part numbers and access to the parts and yeah. stuff like that. Imagine like, being in business. I get and then that. Let me bring it down simpler, much much simpler. How many of you guys have been to a KFC? There's 23 secret spices and and and, and you know things in that recipe. The colonel didn't hand that out. You can go straight down to the grocery store. You can and buy whatever spices you, you want. can buy. Twenty-three different spices, but that mix and that ratio, yep. that's his. You yep. know, I bought. I bought my. I can't go to KFC and do it. I bought my chicken and now give me the recipe. Yeah, mm, that's not how that works. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I, I can because you're really just buying the functionality that's of the. It. Of the Unless, it, it, look, if you want to go out and buy Apple because you want to know how to do that. That that is capitalism, my friend. That right. Well, and, and so it's not realistic, though. Then, Obviously, well, yeah. Look, look at John Deere, though. The, think about the John Deere situation, right? Because the John Deere situation came up in that thread, and and the point was is the farmer said, "Look, I don't care. I just spent five hundred thousand dollars on a tractor. I don't care to go buy two thousand, three thousand dollars worth of software and pay fifteen hundred dollars a year, five hundred dollars a month, whatever. Like it's an it's an expensive tractor. I need it up. It's not about." That, that I am I worried about the money. Right. I don't want to have to wait on somebody to come and then, you know, or have to haul it to the dealership. You're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars downtime. All of these things play into that. They don't care about the money. It's not the money that it, it's the fact that, that they had no access. Right. It was that you had to jump through hoops and it was then they didn't actually give it to you. And then they didn't give you the right information. They're going to give you the, a pathway to that. Exactly. They've got to make it. Attainable. So we're for regulation. Government mandated that, access. No, with a, government mandated well, there's no, nobody's going to want to like this Apple. Is Apple is decision. not. No, this uh, is a business decision. It is up to It the is business. for manufacturers. Yes. But like an Apple doesn't care. Like they, they don't like, I'm not going to give you access unless I'm forced to by the government. Mm. And then, so therefore like the independent repair shop, they may have all of the tooling and the certifications. They have the ability to fix that properly. And Apple saying, no, we're not giving you access. So we're going to have to compel them with government. Well, here's the, oh, here's <laughs> not really the dollar speaks. If, if, the, if all yeah. of us with our dollars said, you know what, Apple, Hate this. Well, well, we so, want that. Well, right. Apple that, fanboys, though, man. That, that's They're some tough. really <laughs> that's some really interesting feedback because think about this, right? I was talking to Donnie and some others about this a while back, and they said that one of the main reasons 
The primary reason that they don't provide access right now is because it's expensive to provide access. You have to have support people just for that. You have to have people who engineer the tool. You have to have people that moderate the data that's available and make sure the data is accessible. And, and you know, in the dealer network, right? So, for instance, let's look at Chrysler and, and their gateways and the ability to, to connect only through specific gateways or network connections within, yeah. you know, one PC, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. That's a lot easier to maintain in your dealership network because you come in and say, hey, I'm going to mandate you have all of this stuff. We're going to send you a router that's configured the way we want. All you do is plug the wires into it and go. Right? Yeah, but they so, build that they, out to the dealership. The dealership is paying for it. I, was, I understand that. Yeah. Right? Somebody's got to pay for it, right? Yes. Because it costs money to do this. I don't think, look, we're, we're all here to make money. A, a, a profit's not a dirty word. A business is supposed to make money. We can't look at so they just have to put a to go price to point on just it. to make nice with us. Well, the, the, so just set a price point on it. Yeah. And say, hey, to get access, you have full access. Six thousand dollars, whatever, and then whatever X amount of dollars a year to maintain. You're going to kick my ass for saying this. Please, I've got to say that. Do you think that tool companies like Snap On, like Altel, and those companies, you know, they're buying access? Are they like the cheapy shops? Are they like the shops who are devaluing the value, like taking the value away from them being able to ask that? No, they're not. They you are paying something? big dollars, and they are they're putting big resource behind it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna scale. It's something a lot of people don't grasp right. when we're having this kind of conversation. This is a rubber boot. I'm not gonna name the company. I'm not gonna yeah. give the colors. But this boot to put a big tool company's name on a piece of thing I already make, and they don't have to do anything for the process from the desire to the end approval takes a million dollars and 500 people for the approval. That's crazy. A million dollars. <laughs> so just to talk about scale and grasping, we're talking, oh, I want access. And don't get me wrong, you, you should have a pathway to that. It has a cost to even have yeah. the discussion. Yeah. And see, that that's where my interest comes from, right? Is, is So we were at ETI last week two weeks ago and somebody brought up the fact that hey I've spent millions of dollars building a tool and other companies come in and they spend a quarter of the money to build the tool that I do they've re-engineered oh I know what's going on here yeah they've re-engineered or found data through other means you mean like scene in between the update connection maybe maybe and so all of a sudden right they're providing a tool that i'm paying 3500 bucks for and and just to make my tool profitable i've got to sell it for 7000 now you're over here selling it for 3500 and you've got a better tool you've got more functionality because you did some shady shit and now we're getting down a whole other rabbit hole i can't touch Right, but you see what I'm saying, though. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. No, no, it's more or less like I have my opinions, but it's right. an opinion, and there are big players that are playing in that space. Yeah, no poking bears. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I think you're 100 percent right. I I I think that, and we want that sweet sweet Chinese money for sponsorship. So. <laughs> <we're> not- <laughs> There's a lot of red on that side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> the red dust cells. That's is that, it. Is that the same? That's something like that. But wow. so, you know, I, I mean, 
the thing is, is that you look at those tooling companies that that are trying to gain access the right way, and then you look at <laughs> his ADD is like your ADD. What's that? His ADD is like your ADD. He doesn't have an ADD. Man, I'm telling you, I am just so proud of you. What? You've stayed on focus an entire episode. I didn't stay on focus at all. What are you talking about? I've been all over the place. And he's been following right behind me. We've been going there together. Hand in hand, skipping. You're the one that's like off in left field going, hey, we were talking about this 10 minutes ago. It's like, dude, we moved on. Listen, we've not. Million miles an hour. That's it. Yeah. This is going to trigger every single one of the people that complain about my ADD. This is going to completely set them off. It is going to be nothing but a trail of complaints. We've not talked about Thai food. We've not talked about what car you're driving this week. We've not talked about. I did. Roaches. I mentioned it we at the did. beginning. No, well, I we talked didn't. about no, that no, expedition. No, 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 we we didn't spend forty five minutes. Oh, okay. we didn't spend forty five minutes. We on talked this about side. space, but that's my fault. Yeah. But but my point is, is I wasn't like, that usually, angry at it. I haven't driven it that much. Usually, this is way worse than this. Uh-huh. Usually, this is substantially worse. I think this was good. the The tie thing was just it was on topic. We were talking about food. I didn't say it wasn't on topic. I'm just saying we didn't talk about tofu. I'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> I'm going to look up the numbers. I bet that's probably our worst performing episode. <laughs> um, Honestly, I've learned to channel the 80s a bit. And like, like just re- try and move it in the yeah, right direction. Yeah, just try and like re- repin it. Like, you'll look at the cuticles. They're like completely destroyed from pinching. Like, no, I got to stay on topic. No, I got to stay on topic. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> So, if somebody wants to buy your tool, wants has some interest in your tool, yeah, okay, it's a tool. Right. Sorry, how do we here for? <laughs> how do we how do we cross into that? What's the sure? So it's on the Maco truck, the Mac truck, the Cornwall truck. Some Snappies have it. We don't have a direct relationship with Snap On. Okay, uh, is there a direct? Is there a way to buy it directly from you? Yeah, if you guys want to go to our website, www.curianllc.com, we have a shop page. You go on there. Cool. Now, we're at the ITTC event for yeah. the first annual. I, you know, it's going to be a week for what I'm about to say. So, if you listen to this, how long, when is this going to publish? That's nah, probably going to be a few weeks. So, um, by the time you hear this, we're good. Yeah, well, no, what I was going to say is we've been talking about it more and more. I think we're going to leave it open for a month for the guys. Okay. You use code ITTC at checkout, you're going to get 30% off. Nice. So the entire site, you know, all of the, the testing equipment, the leads, the connectors, there's even like a $400. ITTC? I'm yeah. going to buy that sucker right now. That's it. Hey, <laughs> thanks, sure. I won't. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we post it, on, uh, we'll post it on our social feeds. So. Oh, there you go. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here. It's been a blast. It's been a yeah. good episode. Um, I had and fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And and now the that we're going to turn, I'm buying. When, yeah. when we turn the recording off, now we can tell all the stories we can about. Be real. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. If you'd like to catch these episodes early, you can do so by becoming a patron. Just go to asog.site and click on the "Become a Patron Now" button. Becoming a patron helps support the show, gets you several perks, and is tax deductible. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and on YouTube so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me an email. My email address is david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.